Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's the JT and Looney Podcast, episode 141. If you haven't gone to bed online yet, do it, and you'll get a 50% sign-up bonus just for being friends with JT and Looney. A 50% welcome bonus. You have to type in the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V-50, B-L-E-A-V-50. Get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports Major League Baseball, the NL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, the sweet science, even esports and golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for sports information. They have live in game betting, props, and futures. It's a great website. Check it out. Get into the incredible world of betting. And gambling at Bet Online, where the game starts. And now the podcast starts, damn it. We had a little trouble with the buttons, but we finally got things squared around. But the levels may be a little bit fucked up. Sorry about that. Oh, here, JT. Let's go. Three, two, and one. You know, I've never liked buttons. I've never been good at buttons. I don't bank online. I don't play with buttons on a dashboard. I avoid buttons. We've just saw that before this podcast began as my wife came in again to help out here. And you love buttons. You grew up playing with buttons. That's uh, half the reason I got into the broadcasting business. Microphones, button, tape recorders, and then it became digital audio. But I had no issues with the changes. And, oh, my God, yes, yeah, still in love with buttons. If you go back in the hot tub time machine, one time we went back, my mother, brother, and I, to trace roots in Ireland. And we, my mother was afraid to fly as much of an adventure as she was. So we took a boat to Ireland. How's that for a 10-year-old kid? From where? From uh, New York City. Holy shit! Yeah, I know. <laughs> that story. You didn't take a a plane to London, then a boat to Ireland. No, no, no. We drove to New York City, and uh, then uh, we drove to New Jersey, stayed with our cousins, and then uh, they drove us to the ship, the QE2, the Queen Elizabeth II, and we took it. It was five days over. How how is that for a kid with game rooms and lunch and dinner facing the ocean? We had a table next to the window. And one day they gave a tour for kids of the captain's quarters and up where they drive the ship. And my mother pulled me aside and said, don't touch buttons. I don't want you sinking the ship. (laughs) She knew I had a propensity to touch any button. I saw a button crazy kid and still a button crazy adult. I thought this was like the Titanic where your mom was in her own quarters and you were seven quarters below. You were in the galley with a bunch of just kids running around and you couldn't come upstairs or something like that. So you were in the upper quarters with everyone. You were on a beautiful luxury cruise to Ireland. Oh, yeah. Although we stayed, I believe, on the fifth floor, fifth floor down, which was more like where the, uh, if you go back to the Titanic, you know, where the drunk uh, immigrants were dancing. <laughs> that's, that's where our room was, down below. But it was great. It was great. Our cabin. Well, we were talking about fiddling with buttons. I just want to throw this out to our new audience. I wish the lie detector test was invented for one reason. Not to catch OJ. Not to find out if he cheated <laughs> up with taxes. Nothing to do with that. 
to get all the people that said when they were young boys and girls, they listened in the middle of the night and moved the dial to find their favorite play-by-play voice. You grew up in that era. I did not because we watched TV, and we didn't have to tune in uh, 30 states away to hear a play-by-play voice in the middle of the night. Do you know how many broadcasters still say, what was your inspiration? Well, it was when I was a little boy, I would tune in states away to hear the Cubs or to hear the Syracuse Chiefs or to hear the Davenport, Iowa Blanks on the radio. It really always bothered you when sports people said that because you you, you didn't believe it. Yeah, you, well, you also tripped into sports talk radio, which is a different format. And, right, you watched the Yankees on WPIX uh, with Phil Rosuto and Bill White, as I also did. But I won a radio on National Radio Month, which is May. They would give away a transistor radio or two every day in Elmira, and they would leave it somewhere in the city and give you hints on the radio, and your mom would drive you around. It was great. And I used to listen to that transistor radio, to the great disc jockeys. I wanted to play music on the radio. So like you, I didn't grow up dreaming of being a sportscaster or a sports talk show host and being or being involved in sports broadcasting. I dreamt of, of playing music, which I eventually did on the radio. I came from music radio. And I would listen to the great disc jockeys far off into the night like... Uh, Jeff Davis on WLS in Chicago. All the hits, all the time, AM 89, which is now a talk station, as most of the AM music stations are now. So I was that little boy that you mock and ridicule. You'd be proud of me. I don't compliment myself enough because I'm usually fighting off trolls in direct message on my social media who, for whatever reason, don't like me. But last night was the Subway Series game, too. And, you know, I've been cranky Yankee for a month. The Yankees, right. terrible, terrible. You can tell in my voice I've been screaming all week. And they beat the Mets, and they swept the Mets in both games in the Bronx. And I was live on satellite radio on my other platform, and I was supposed to go to break. And I wouldn't go to break because it was the final out of the game. Uh-huh. It was bases loaded, two outs, Yankees winning 4-2, to two, top of the ninth, Francisco Lindor's up. And my producer wasn't in my ear. He knew I was going to take it, and all of a sudden, Lindor starts fouling the ball off. And the clock is going off in my head, 46, a minute 47. we got to get a break in because we break again before the top of the hour. You know, that drives the consultants crazy. And I stayed there, and I stayed there, and then Lindor popped up to center field, and in real time, on live radio at night, I was able to say, Yankees win, final out, when we come back, we'll recap the game, get you the post game from Aaron Boone and Buck Showalter when we come back, break at night on Mad Dog. 80% of the guys would have went to break two minutes ago, waited for the update at the top of the hour for the final score, but it was my team, and I waited, and I waited patiently, and I finally got the score, and I had to do it. Well, I don't know that you waited patiently, but you waited. <laughs> because I don't know if you or I uh, do anything patiently. Uh, but that was uh, that's an incredible series. You know, the, the Dodgers are going in to play the Mets uh, uh, next week. And I have been, boy, it's like watching the Showtime Lakers, watching these Los Angeles Dodgers every night. I don't watch baseball every night normally. You know it's not my favorite sport, especially from er- the early innings. But, but, God, they got Mookie Betts, Trey Turner mm-hmm. uh, right out of the gate. And, and Freddie Freeman, who's the best bet- – a lot of times that's the best average in baseball. It's one, two, three, and they got one. They got one run by the end of the first inning every night. I got I got really bad news for you. 
really bad news. Walker Bueller had his second Tommy John surgery. Last I looked at, I would not compare him to Oral Hershiser because he had the longest scoreless inning streak of all time and a world champion, the Bulldog. But Bueller has a lot of Oral Hershiser in him. He ain't walking through that door. He's gone for the World Series postseason. Number two, you don't have a bullpen last I looked. There's no Mariano Rivera on the back end. And then number three, Cody Bellinger can't hit. He forgot how to play baseball. And you brought in Joey Gallo, and I saw the real Joey Gallo. So this is an automatic, oh, Tom Looney. This is not automatic. Trace Thompson hit the longest home run I've ever seen last night. <laughs> Uh, and he, you know, so he can he can he can replace Cody Bellinger tomorrow and probably bat better. Uh, the the Walker Bueller thing doesn't matter. And the bullpen was a month ago their biggest weakness. That was the talking point. They barely given up a run the in the past month. So uh, it's not their weakness anymore. Closer is a problem. That's a big problem. Closer is a problem, and they will have somebody David Price or somebody else. David Price. Hasn't given up his pitching. Isn't that amazing? He's a middle reliever. He mm-hmm. pitches one inning a night, one scoreless inning a night, usually one, two, three. David Price, who at times when we were on the air was the best pitcher in baseball at times. So uh, I don't think their bullpen is as weak as you hope it is, and their lineup is better than you might think it is. It's well, I'll tell you this. From watching a lot of their games, because we live in the Pacific time zone, you're in L.A., I'm in Vegas. The only way they're going to win, and I think they should be the favorite, is they have one of the greatest lineups of all time. Not recently, of all time. And unless the Yankees have a really potent lineup, too, and they couldn't hit for almost a month. So the Yankees already had their slump. And I don't think they're good enough to get really super hot. Like, their 230 hitters aren't going to be 400 hitters in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. They are who they are, but the Yankees might be able to pitch well. They got great middle relief, a bullpen. If the Dodgers don't hit aggressively, I believe they'll lose in the postseason, either in the World Series or the NLCS, because I don't trust their pitching. I think Bueller is an amazing loss. They don't have a closer. They have a decent bullpen, as you said. But they better hit, and they better hit the lights out, and they've proven to us that they probably will. All their starters are really good. Julio Urias might be the best pitcher in baseball right now. Dustin May came up with some crazy surgery. Had uh, played for the first time in a year and was incredible uh, the other day. Some other guy I never heard of pitched the other night. <laughs> it was great. The, late, the, the, the the Dodgers have been really good at that, bringing up somebody you never heard of, and he's hitting a home run in his first at-bat. That's happened twice this year with unknown guys that the Dodgers brought up from Albuquerque. And shout-out to Breaking Bad. And uh, they, they've just been so much – they get behind – one nothing, four nothing, oh, and, and, and as a Dodger fan, you're thinking, "Oh, they got this." You know, it's like when we used to watch the Golden State Warriors, and they're behind by, you know, 15 points at the end of the third quarter, and you knew they were going to win anyway. That's what the Dodgers are this year. Right now, the biggest term trending in the world is House of the Dragon, and let me explain something to you. I love Game of Thrones, and I watched it on Pointman Television, just like Sopranos. So House of the Dragon takes place 170 years earlier, the prequel to Game of Thrones. So we've been waiting, 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 all of us Throneheads, and House of the Dragon finally dropped on HBO Max. Holy shit. 
they nailed something, a topic that I love so much. They knew they had one chance to make a first impression with a massive audience. Normally, you don't have a massive audience. You launch one of these shitty cable news debate shows. The audience is a big. If it catches fire two years from now, you remember where you are. They had one chance to get everybody in the room again. They did. They went so gratuitous. Gratuitous. They went so violent. They went so over the top. They tied in Game of Thrones. They left you clues on necklaces. They brought you into a world where you said, oh, my God, that name sounds familiar 100-plus years from now into the future, and everybody's mind is blown, blown to the point where on a scale of a new launch of a show that's tied to an Oshul show, I got to give it a nine and a half or maybe a ten. It was brilliant. I've rarely heard this much buzz from a oh. brand new show. Oh. Rarely. In our lives, even when, even back when there was very few channels and a, a new great show would come out, I've never heard. Well, then again, everything gets more buzz now because we live in the Internet generation. But, you know, somebody gets beat up in the park in Iowa and we, we see it all across the country. But did you see now, did you happen to see my recommendation with the wife of 13 lives? Did not. It's on deck. Okay. It's put okay. away. Okay. But, you know, there's a lot of things we got to catch tonight. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I write things down all the time as well, and people say you can't miss this. And I say, okay, I'll see it by the next time I talk to you, and then I don't see it because something else got in the way. Well, we're going to the 645 showing tonight of Elvis in the oh, movies. Oh, great. We haven't been to Elvis yet. This I didn't know time. you hadn't gone to that yet. Oh, good. In there, it's, but always, <laughs> it's always great to wait to those. If, if you can do it, sometimes I can't. You're the same way. Uh, to wait till the hype dies down or the movie's been out for a month so you don't have to sit around any assholes. <laughs> no. well, with House of the Dragon, what they did so beautifully is they sat in a room and someone was smart in the room. Someone in the room, if they said, hey, episode one, no dragons, and then the guy in this room said, no, 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 all the dragons. Let's open up with the dragons. Uh, uh, episode one, House of the Dragon. Do we go violent? Do we go on a scale of one to ten? One to ten, maybe four, five? No, let's go ten. Let's go ten plus. So they went all in. They did what you're supposed to do in a pilot. You come from a television background and you're in TV still and you do a lot of commercials. Aren't you amazed when pilot season comes in L.A.? And some really good actors who have been working or have been working for a while, they get into the pilot and then the pilot doesn't get picked up because they don't do a great job trying to win the pilot. They think they're going to sell the pilot and then have a, have a three- or four-year hit-rated show. And it's so surprising sometimes, even if you take a look at the early Seinfelds, the way they were sleepwalking through those early Seinfelds. I think, well, wow, it must have been – they just must have been a lot of other crap that didn't get picked up that Seinfeld stayed on the air in those early days. And then once it got its footing – and maybe that's – you think of how many maybe – great shows we missed over the years because the first 13 weeks weren't very good. I think of Townies. Remember the show Townies? <laughs> My friend Joe finally got a series, a hard-working bartender slash actor. He got himself on a with Molly Ringwald. He started a series called Townies, and it lasted exactly 13 weeks. And it got better every week, but not better enough. Who makes that decision? I know the advertisers obviously look at the ratings. So if no one's watching, you could think you have brilliance and it's not going to work. But 
who makes that decision to put a bullet in it and kill it right, right, right when the cast is getting better and the stories and the writers are coming together and they just don't give it another season? Yeah, well, it, it, it's, it's different. It depends on who's running things at the time. And some guys have more gravitas than others. You know, brand, people, people with names like Brandon Tartikoff uh, real, are able to say, you know, I just believe in this series. These first few Seinfelds don't, yeah, but I believe in Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld and Elaine. And this is going to hit. It's just going to take some while to get its footing. we got to put it in the right time slot. There's a lot that goes into that. And sometimes, like being drafted by the right team when you're a quarterback in college. And can you, your, your career can get screwed over. If you're drafted by the Steelers, it's great. If Ben Roethlisberger was drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars, who knows what would have happened to his career. And it's the same thing about time slot. If you think, okay, well, I really believe in this Seinfeld character. Let's put it on after Cheers. Or let's put it on after Roseanne, if it was on ABC, right, back in the day. If you, get, you can get in... And they believe in you, and you, you get a good time slot. It's like being drafted by a team that has its shit together. Well, it's amazing. A uh, guy who listens to the podcast, name drop alert, Don Tardino, CSI Vegas, CSI Miami, made that show brilliant television, producer, director, his career with the Cohen brothers. Oh, brother, where art thou? Good friend of mine, really good friend. We coached uh, Little League together. Our sons are the same age. Some people just see things easier and quicker. Don's one of those guys. He could look at a set. He could look at a script. He could look at the lighting. He could look at anything and say, this is going to work or not. And, hey, we got a ton of money already here. I got to fix it. We're going to pivot quickly and make it better and do all that. And then there's some people that put on cable, sports cable, a show and pay one of the people $6 million to be a screamer. And then five years later, only 100,000 people still watch the show and you go, Holy shit, how did they get the budget to pay one of the two guys that much? It's absolute dog shit. It's unwatchable. It's a fake debate show, and people have jobs, and there's cameramen, and there's writers and directors, and that's garbage while some other sitcoms fail at Fox, CBS, and NBC, and they're two weeks away from being really good. Well, yeah, and a lot of times as well, it depends. Again, right, ended up on the right team. Ending up on the right network, ending up on the right streaming service is so important. Where if you end up on, a, again, if you're in a fledged, sometimes it works the other way around too. Like Fox Sports 1, which is a new, you know, to take on ESPN just a handful of years oh, did ago. Did I give away the clue? Did I give away the clue? I apologize. No, I was just picking that <laughs> at random. It has nothing to do with anything. Oh, good. Edit it out. Uh, <laughs> but, but if you get on a show there, they're going to stick with it longer because they're trying to launch a 24-hour you know, you know, debate option to uh, ESPN's debate shows, which aren't always uh, award-winning either. But you get sometimes you get more time if you're on Oxygen or Fox Sports 1 or one of the more newer or, or Oprah's own, right? You're going to get more time because they have 24 hours to fill and they're trying to compete with the with the big guys. Or oh, my show, Downton Abbey, where you get to be on PBS and the donors pay the way and they don't want to cancel you because people just like the show and it doesn't have the pressures of network television, just the pressures overseas and PBS over here. The PBS of movie theaters in Los Angeles, they're called the Lemley Theaters, and they're not in it for a profit, God bless them. They're in it for quality of art. 
So if you go to their theaters, you know you're going to see a good movie. Just like you know, a $100 bottle of wine is usually good. A movie at the Lemley that you've never heard of that might be a foreign film or even a domestic uh, independent film. You know you're going to see a really good film because it's just like with uh, PBS. It's not about the profit. It's about the quality. PBS does some amazing programming. Excuse me for uh, running another victory lap on Kevin Durant, but a round of applause for me, who got it right again. I said from the day I was on the air, June 20th, I was co-hosting the Jim Rome show. You came on with me the following week. The news broke. Remember, I went, whoa, I went crazy. It went viral. And Durant decided that he wanted to be traded. He requested a trade. I think it was 53 or 54 days until he finally had to raise the white flag, the white flag, admit that he was not getting traded. Joe Sy, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, finally said enough of this nonsense. I'm not trading you unless I get seven first-round picks or two all-stars. So you're going nowhere. And Durant, I compared him to a child and a toddler. When a little child starts to walk, you have to put them in a pack-and-play or what's called a crib because if they get out, they just start running around and crawling and causing chaos. So Kevin Durant got out of his crib, started messing up the kitchen, whining, throwing and his rattle, knocking over stuff. Look at me. And then after he tired himself out, Josiah picked him up, put him back in his crib, and said, you lose, go take a nap, you're coming back for us. I think this is one of the great victories recently with owner over player. I support the owners because I think sometimes players, not all of them, get out of control. This was an opportunity where an owner said, he's got four years left at $196 million. Not one year left, and he wants to leave. Four years, he can change the balance of power and bury my team in the court of public opinion. I'm holding strong, and he won. Yeah, and it's great for that fledgling team in Brooklyn that used to be in New Jersey, which you can probably compare to the Arizona Cardinals or the L.A. Clippers or the Angels. You know, there are certain franchises that just stumble along, even with new ownership. There's snake-bitten franchises that need to catch a break, and the Nets are one of them. They caught a break by keeping one of the great basketball players in the world, not one of the great minds, but one of the great basketball players in the world. And I thought I was going to get another all-star team in Los Angeles, and everyone was going to hate the Lakers because they had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and LeBron James, and, uh, and I didn't get what I wanted. Remember about a month ago, maybe three weeks ago, everybody was podcasting about, well, Kyrie's looking for houses in L.A. Will they move them, this and that? No. Kyrie now is affected by this Durant settlement. Everybody settled over a dinner. Steve Nash was there. The GM was there. Everybody, the owner's wife was there. Durant's agent was there. And they finally just looked around the room and said, no, I'm the owner. It's going this way. Let's all have some champagne, have a great meal. Let's all be friends again, and hopefully that's the case. Sends a message to Kyrie's camp and Ben Simmons. Remember, they have Ben Simmons who three or four years ago out of LSU to the pros was considered for real to be the next Magic Johnson, 6'9", 6'10", coast-to-coast dribble, and then he forgot how to play basketball, couldn't shoot. But if you get Simmons fixed along with Kyrie with not worrying about COVID protocol, 
Because no one cares about COVID anymore. All of a sudden, no, every, more people have it than ever. And no one cares about it anymore. So Cairo oh, pretty good. And that's a good reason why it's, it's got put, put on the back burner, because the vaccines are working. Even if you get it, sometimes you don't know you've got it. Just like with the flu vaccine. Sometimes you have the flu, you get the flu vaccine, and so you get a small cold. Actually, it was the flu, but the flu vaccine worked at, at uh, keeping it from kicking your ass. And the COVID vaccine isn't prevented COVID from ever happening. But when people get it, sometimes they don't even know they got it. So I love that, that that's happening. Got my two Madonnas and my booster, and I'm due for my next booster next month. And I can't wait because I don't want to be sick or get anybody's grandmother sick. Well, don't get yelled at at the podcast because there are some wacky lunatics who that actually believe that 30 years ago when Dr. Fauci was a scientist and trying to help people with AIDS, with AIDS uh-huh. connected to Magic Johnson and viruses all over the world that 30 years ago in his 50s that he was conspiring. <laughs> 30 years later for him to be a part of conspiring with a new virus that would kill millions of people and it was his fault and he did it on purpose because there's some whack jobs out there who I know. Marge- marginalizing doctors. Is there anything dumber you can do in your life than marginalizing a doctor? No, listen to the doctors. Don't marginalize them or think of them as political uh, pundits or being political. He worked for ju- more Republicans presidents than he did Democratic presidents. He was just a scientist in the White House. Don't marginalize people like Dr. Fauci. By the way, right, who worked uh, now, people who are uh, HIV positive can take a pill and, you know, live to 85 like everybody else. Thanks to Dr. Fauci and everybody who studied under him. So uh, he's a he, he's you, our doctors, including him, are amazing. Listen to them. Tell them everything. Listen to what they have to say. They don't have a political agenda. You imagine laying in a dentist chair and all of a sudden you look at the dentist and can I borrow the mirror? And you put the mirror back and you open up your mouth and go, oh, sh- I got this. I'll do it. Give- <laughs> and you, No, you would never do that. You right. would let the dentist, you would let the epidemiologist, you would let your heart doctor, you would let any doctor, you'd look and go, Jesus, man, how, what type of education did you get? You went to Stanford, Harvard, Brown, the University of Chicago, and, and then... And you didn't go to parties. Well, you and I went to all the parties. How did you go through college with all your angst and everything else without just constantly looking for sex and beer like everyone else? No, you actually did your goddamn homework for eight years. We went for four. I went for five. <laughs> but nevertheless, not because I was smarter, because I took more time, but... It's uh, it's these guys are incredible. The incredible adult discipline to have when they were children to study in school. I love the doctors. I was the guy who left the party and collected the money to get the other kegs when we ran out. They uh-huh. would be smart enough to go, hey, JT cuts lawns in the summer. JT's pretty good. JT can talk. He'll go around and I would collect the money so we can go out and get another keg. I wasn't studying to be a doctor or a dad. <laughs> I know. They're amazing to me for that reason. Their ability to actually stay in and study on Halloween night in college rather than run out with everybody else. Those guys are amazing. I saw a wow moment in athletics that I haven't seen. I don't go to track meets. You know, I don't go see gymnastics, but I go to a lot of football. And this week, earlier this week, the Patriots are in Vegas to have joint practices with the Raiders. They play them on Friday. And they had two practices, and I went to the first one. So a joint practice is where both teams and the coaches agree. They're going to follow certain rules. They're not going to tackle to the ground. Right. They're going to play full tackle. Ones are going to go against ones. They're going to be individual drills to see it. 
as close as I was able to see it is really cool. And it's a shame that the NFL can't monetize it because the coaches, they don't want that film getting out because that's really private stuff. What Devontae Adams did to New England secondary was one of the wildest wow moments that I've seen, including being on the sideline for a Randy Moss touchdown in a real game. Devontae was running routes like a cougar, like a thoroughbred racehorse, like a rocket ship. And he was going up and catching these passes 45 yards, over coverage, head faking, to the point where the New England beat writers, New England, were looking at me and saying, I've never seen this before. They won six Super Bowls recently, and they've said they've never seen anything. So I just want to tell you, it's not a fantasy thing. I don't know how many games the Raiders are going to win. This is a unique, powerful, cyborg, beautiful thoroughbred athlete who completely manipulated New England in the joint practices. It was really cool to see. And he's got chemistry with his quarterback we went to college with wasn't he roommates in college roommates at fresno state yeah so that's uh that's gonna be a lot of people are on that raider bandwagon i just hope your offensive line can keep your quarterback healthy well how how was it how how was his mindset after all the tom brady i know he can be a little thin-skinned how was his mindset after all the tom brady gossip he answered a really good question our friend vinnie bonson you asked him about that and it was in a press conference, and Derek knew it was coming. Right. And Derek, who was a man of faith, told an interesting story. He wasn't going to buy into that. He wasn't going to fuel the fire. Right. Because Tom Brady was mother effing a quarterback when that team didn't get him. And now you can connect the dots comfortably right. and say that that was Derek Carr. And Derek didn't buy into it. And Derek actually told a story about they were dealing with death inside the Raider building. It must have been, I don't know who it was, a coach was someone's mom. Someone passed away, and he was spending a lot of time talking to that person about death. So he put it all in perspective. Well, oh, like, yeah. I don't need to talk about this crap. Death always puts things in perspective. It's only football. <sighs> and thank you for listening to all 30 minutes and 30 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast, powered by our friends at Bet Online, where the game starts. Get into the incredible world of gambling. If you don't gamble... What are you doing with your life? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.